Hello, and welcome to the Table and Well podcast. I'm Tennyson. And I'm Janelle. Thank you for joining us as we discuss topics and give practical tools that help you live, grow, and be in healthy, joy-filled relationship with God, yourself, and others. For more information and resources, or if you're looking for coaching, connection, and community, please visit tableandwellco.com. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, hello again, and thank you for joining us on the Table and Well podcast. Uh, This is episode number 71. Um, As always, please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. Um, And today, again, we have Jason Twombly with us. And uh, if you guys listened to our last podcast with our interview with him, it was fantastic. And I absolutely love just some of the things that we talked about. And he talked a lot about how uh, turning your pain into power and peace and what that means. And we talked about man cave and, and what that is and how he has been doing that for the last probably year or so, year and a half, I think, since COVID started. So, Jason, we're glad that you're back with us today. How are you doing? I'm um, doing great, Tennyson. It's always an honor and a joy to be with you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, for sure. So I really just wanted to have a conversation with you today um, as we were talking off off camera, off air, off mic, so to speak, um, just about different things that kind of your passion, things that get you excited to talk about. And we, you mentioned something called a community of practice. And that's something that um, is so important that we um, at Table and Well, we were doing it at one point and we've gotten away from it and we're going to kind of switch back to that. I mean, I know community of practice as well is something that um, Luke 10, the organization that that we're both affiliated with and connected with, is a huge uh, part of their one of their core values, one of their their things that they put out there. So if we could real quick, not real quick, just take your time on this as well, actually, but community of practice, what does that mean? That is a a great question. And I'll I'll start by by saying, I think this is from Rare Leadership. Mm, mm Mm-hmm which is a, a great read. And they, I think it's there. They say that identity plus belonging equals transformation. Yes. Identity plus belonging equals transformation. And yes. there's been a real great um, resurgence of identity work in many circles of uh, Christendom. And I think that's really, really important. And yeah. how you get there is another conversation, but identity mm-hmm. is really important as we, you know, look into, I like to say, as we look into the man with fire in his eyes, we can see <laughs> us mirrored in, in the eyes of Jesus yeah. to become the person that he sees when he looks at us. But identity is just one portion of it. And as Western Christians, we are rabid individualists. Yes. And so call me Tom Hanks with Castaway and my, 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 <laughs> my volleyball Wilson. And I could be there for a long period of time, but I really believe that relationships or the crucible and the connection where God has brought uh, that measure of healing and maturity for us. Because if, if our woundings and hurts have happened in relationship, the, the healing is also going to happen in relationship. And so as I'm uh, practicing Aikido now, it's a martial art. I've been mm-hmm. about I have no clue what I'm doing. Completely disoriented. <laughs> I'm there to connect with my 18 year old son. And just this past week, um, the uh, the sensei, he said, I, mean, I have no clue, right? But he yeah. says, he says, as you're learning this Japanese art where they're on mm-hmm. that, never been to a dojo before, really making a fool of myself. It's a lot of fun. It's but the he best, said, yeah. You cannot learn this martial art of Aikido by reading a book. Mm-hmm. You cannot learn it by watching a YouTube video. The only way to learn 
this martial art is to feel it through, is to practice mm. it from head to toe. Yeah. And that is done even not by yourself, but in a cohort or a group of people. And yeah. I've experienced in the last two years community at a level that I hadn't all my life. And this is a community of practice that's a group identity, mm-hmm. individual identity to remind me what it's like for people like us to act this way in this situation. Yeah, I love that. And it, even as you say that, it was one of those things that it actually just struck me right here in this moment. Like we're in communities of practice all the time. We just don't call them that. Like you just talked about in your, you know, Hapkido class for sure. Um, and I do, you know, my Janelle and I, we do Taekwondo. So it's a community of practice. And when I played baseball in high school and in college, it's a community of practice. It's like, it's where you go to, to learn and to make mistakes and to get stronger and to mature and to belong and to like connect, like all those things happen in communities of practice that we are in all over the world. But the one area that we don't have communities of practice in that the, the, the tide is shifting is relational and, yeah. and, and emotional health and spiritual growth and all of those things. And so a community of practice is simply a place where you go to, again, to mature, transform, connect, belong, and create identity. And I think that is awesome. And that's the transformation that I've been I've been a part of uh, with Luke Ten, and I give mm-hmm. my, my mentors, um, Tony Daniels, John yeah. White, and Smith, mm-hmm. uh, for really responding to the Lord and um, making these skill sets available. Uh, and what I, our, our specialty is that that I admire is our skill based approach to Christianity. Yeah. And so you know, what does that even mean? We, we approach yeah. great question as disciples. You know, we're learning the rhythms the master taught us. Uh, we apply our love for him skillfully, like we would play a sport or an instrument, mm-hmm. uh, or learn a new language. Um, what about the skill of, of uh, you know, I grew up not knowing how to deal with disappointment or anger or shame. How do I return to joy mm-hmm. from negative or dense emotions? And so I could try that on my own. It hasn't gone so well, let me tell you. But <laughs> I have a, a mature and safe group as a container where we are practicing the values of Jesus I can show up on a call with my relational circuits kind of dimmed or even offline. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I say Tennyson can be on the call and, and, and ask what I might need to help nurture uh, my, my inner uh, landscape at that moment. And yeah. To remind me of what it's like for us to act like in this situation without blame or shame or condemnation, mm-hmm. because you're glad to be with me no matter what. And it's that, sense of loyal chesed or loving kindness yep. that lights up with joy in your eyes. And it really becomes fertile soil for me to become the person that God sees when he looks at me. Yeah. It's so good. So how has, and I'll, I'll answer this question too, but I would love to hear your answer on this too, but how have you seen communities of practice affect and change your own life and maybe in, in, or and in the lives of the people that are in the community with you? Yeah, that that is a great question. It seems to me that most of humanity longs to be seen and heard, celebrated and valued and appreciated. Mm -hmm. And 
the way that um, our current um, church system is set up is that you get to meet for 52 weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. And as wonderful as preaching and the prophetic and singing and um, all of these things, I love it. I love it a lot. We need more mm-hmm. of it. But yes. where can we make space for learning to uh, listen to Jesus? Where can mm-hmm. we make space to listen to one another's hearts mm-hmm. um, and tune with one another? And where can we learn how to practice resolving conflict? And so those are the kinds of things that I'm finding uh, people on these uh, online calls or even in person. I'm finding that they're becoming um, vibrant families of Jesus um, because we're building a space where there is belonging and there's trust and we can experience with one another what it really feels like uh, to be seen. And one of the words that John White uses is, how can we adduce one another? And what that means mm-hmm. is, how do, we, how do we pull the gold out from one another and not, not call people out, but maybe call them up mm-hmm. they are. And so I've seen this in, in marriages. I've seen it in my own life. And I, I can't imagine um, doing it any other way. Yeah. And, and I think that you, you, the word experience is so important in that because um, as we both know, and as we've been talking about on our podcast too, we are, we are truly the, we are the, the makeup of our experiences. Like what we've experienced is, is our reality to the world. It doesn't matter what we, like you said, you can be taught or you can be told something or you can be um, even shown something, but if you haven't experienced it, then it's not, it still has not quite become your, your own thing. And so we can talk about all day long. Like, yeah, we need to, um, we need to work this out together. Like we need to sit and we need to be in community. If we have problems, issues, or concerns, then we need to go to each other and we need to talk about it and we need to deal with it and we need to work it out. But if you've never experienced it, um, you're like, well, when I grew up, like we didn't do that. Like that wasn't something that we did. My experience is if we have problems, issues, or concerns, we either yell or we run away. And so um, I don't know what you're talking about, but I can't go and do that thing. Cause, but I think is another part of community practice. That's so amazing is that even if that, let's say that was my experience where growing up, I just saw people with problems or concerns or whenever we needed to deal with something, we didn't talk about it and we just ran away. That became my MO. Well, if I'm in a community of practice with other people that are not doing it that way, even though I haven't done it, my experience is in this group of people, we talk about problems. We confront in a very loving and healthy way. And so now that has become my experience. And so now I know that I can, I can also operate this way too. So I think that is, is so amazing that even if I have not physically done it, I can see it happening. And now that also becomes part of who I am. And then that whole statement about um, what is it for us to act? How is it for us to act in this situation as a group begins to really take shape because I can see, oh, this is what we do when this happens. And so I think that's awesome. And the bottom line is that we're helping people grow in the character of Christ. That is, that's what it's all about. So um, I think that, I think that's great. And for me personally, being in communities of practice has been fantastic because again, it's a safe place. It's a place where I know that I can come in. And if I, 
am having a bad day or I do, or my check-in is heavy. I know that people are glad to be with me no matter what. And they're going to offer to walk with me through this. And so I think you can't do it. Like you said, I wouldn't do it any other way either. And I'm excited to continue to, to walk this out. So, um, yeah, I think there's no other way to do community practice. I don't know how we've been doing it in the past, but there's no other way than to do it this way. <laughs> no, it, it really, I, I, I made a statement in the last um, interview with you. It's in the community of practice that we're learning to live above the amygdala. We're learning to live above where we may have been trapped. Yeah. In that almond shaped part of our brain, because when we're mm-hmm. living out of the limbic part of our brain, sometimes it's called our reptile brain, some mm-hmm. call our toddler brain. I shared that with my wife recently. She laughed. <laughs> so living from there, if we're living in our toddler brain, mm-hmm. how, how do we get humanity to go from toddler brain to adult brain? So mm-hmm. living from the toddler brain, we scan the environments for threats, whether perceived or real. Mm-hmm. And living that way, even in the presence of the Lord, reading scriptures, and but when we, we see from that lens, we're only seeing we're seeing and feeling from a lens of scarcity. And typically we find it easier to scan for negativity and mm-hmm. the elevator often gets stuck there. Yep. And the questions that we offer on some of these calls in our community of practice, as we check in with heavy emotions, for example, they're designed mm-hmm. to bring the elevator up to the more developed part of our brain. Mm-hmm. The prefrontal cortex, for example, in brain science and and you know, it's it's so important to see what happens on the face of someone when someone's glad to be with you. And so when we sense that other people are glad to be with us, it helps the elevator move out of the safe harbor of all that we've known to ascend up into the adventure of unexplored pathways of possibility. Like you're saying, we get to see, oh, we're, that group is doing something I'm not capable of. And so I'm becoming a possible Terrian and if it's working for them and that's who we mm-hmm. are, maybe that could work for me. Yeah. And so there's so much shalom in rhythms of a community of practice that gets restored right from the mirror, mirror neurons, mm-hmm. what it's like to reflect that in, in our behavior. So I love it. Yeah. I think another fun part and key part in the community of practice is that um, for me, it's, it's one of those, uh, it was this um, realization too, that I'm not broken, (laughs) you know, it's like, because, and I'm not alone in whatever this struggle might be, whether it is. So being around people that we are, we're all on this journey together. We're all moving the same direction. We all are in for the most part, kind of the same situations of, and we're just learning to practice. It's this, it's this sense of, of, of really belonging that happens in there um, that you find in, in the communities of practice as well that are so, so, so important. Because like you said in the beginning, you know, the, the cry of a man's soul, the cry of a human soul is to be seen, to be loved, to be heard, to belong, and um, to be able to see other people walking through the same thing that we're walking through. Not that you wish anyone would be doing that, but to have the what I, what we call the common human experience yeah, yeah, is amazing. So what are some of the things that, um, so 
concerning the communities of practice, what is one of the, we don't have to give any names or anything like that for sure, but just in people that you've been working with that you've seen in communities of practice, what's some of the biggest transformations that you've seen inside of communities of practice? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great question. I'm finding people, no matter what age they're in, I'm finding them meet themselves for the very first time. Mm. Yeah. And we are conditioned through, you know, our lives or habit energies to, to really live from a particular place, whether it's, you know, some people live in the primacy of the intellect Mm-hmm. Some people are, you know, feelers. Some people are, are, you know, more in their bodies. But I found that these communities of practice um, really begin with the most fundamental and most precious asset that we have, and I, I, I think that's our attention. Mm. Attention is a form of devotion. Um, and once we're finding out uh, on a really practical, not even a mystical level, that we're misspending our precious a- asset of attention on pain, on unprocessed hurt, on future tripping, mm. when our attention <laughs> is going uh, there to the future, or yep. our attention is going to the bat to the past of regret, how could we fix something? What we're missing is the ability to live in the present. Mm-hmm. Presence is a superpower, and God's grace and His peace—they're robustly present in the now. And yes. I found to answer this question, the main thing is I found people learning how to live in the present, and by doing that, they're not living disembodied, ghosting themselves or the people that are around them mm-hmm. because they're not living in the present. Yeah, that's really good. And how does that even just like, how does living in the present even just change lives, change perspective? There's so much power and peace and perspective in the presence. Mm -hmm. And when we're living, connecting to people heart to heart, I find that our, our hearts become open. The aperture of our hearts softens because we're living, um, in a, a way that in the courage of vulnerability, uh, because we're being there for that person. And once our hearts start to open up, I find that there's deeper connection that becomes the real currency um, between human to human. And we start attuning at a deeper level than just a Facebook newsfeed. How are you, mm. you doing? How you doing? Yeah. How you doing? Yeah. Well, I did this. I went to this place and I, my vacation is here and we get to another level of, well, how are you really doing? And we train families and individuals how to do something we call check in mm-hmm. at a heart level in order to, to identify name and even to process some of the things that are going underneath the heart, perhaps in the subconscious um, that we cannot access until the key of presence opens up those pathways of possibility to really engage with ourselves and with one another. Yeah. So good. And all of this guys, all of this, it has to happen in community. It can't happen one-on-one. It, it, it just, it, it doesn't work. It really, it, as much as 
we would like to think it does. And as much as we would like to say, you know, the old statement, you know, Jason is, it's just me and Jesus, just me and Jesus. And we're good. You know, there's four of us there. It's me, my, well, it's six of us, me, myself and I, and then it's God, the father, the son, the Holy spirit. It's, it's so weird. No, 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 no. It's still just, you're, so, you're alone in that. And, and I believe with my whole heart that there is this, I say this all the time. There is this triangle that the Lord has put together on purpose between him, myself, and others. And that if one of those is not functioning at the level or the way that the Lord has designed for them to function, we're not whole. And when I say we, I mean me, myself, but then we as a community of people. And um, we we have to have community. We have to, one way or another, whether it's via Zoom, through, you know, what we do with Luke 10 with leader teams and movement teams and, and different calls that way, or it's in person with the people that you hang out with every day, the people you're doing life with, there has to be some level of community because we need a mirror to look into. And the people that we're with are the, are that mirror. Um, and it has to happen. And I hear a lot of people say too, you know, and you, you mentioned this earlier in our conversation, just how they were hurt in community. And they were hurt in, you know, so I'm going to just, I'm going to back off community. And I have this saying that I've been saying it probably the last seven or eight years. The one thing we need the most is the one thing we run away from the fastest. Mm-hmm. And if you're hurt in community, then the immediate go-to is, well, I just don't need community. I'm going to run away from community. But as we've already stated, experience is what changes everything. And that's becomes who you are. So you need to experience something different in a healthy community to be something different, to do something different. And that's this transformation. That's where belonging happens. That's where discipleship happens. That's where spiritual development happens. All those things happen in community. You have to have some level of healthy community. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Oh man. Well, Jason, this has been really good. Is there anything else before we head out today? Is there anything else as far as along the lines of communities of practice, uh, transformation, connection, all the things that we just kind of flew by, which was actually really good, that you would want to leave with um, anybody listening today? Yeah, I, I think it's 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 worth looking into joining a community if the one that is is that you're part of isn't serving the interior landscape of your lives. Mm. So whether it's finding a coach or some kind of group like Table and Well, it's worth the risk of you know it's more painful to stay um in the chain in, in the in the place of, of of stuckness now than going through the temporary pain of growth and i say that to say it's time in our society to look into the mirror and if we are really transmitting our pain onto those that are closest to us we really owe it to ourselves and to our legacy and our children our children's children to really change the cycle and to really find uh, a mentor, no matter who it might be. And in the reimagining of perhaps church, there may be other voices that will help be a key to help unlock the identity and capacity and destiny inside of you. And so I really recommend that people look into a community practice of some sort like this. Awesome. Jason, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episode stream every Tuesday. To begin your journey to relational health, 
go to tableandwellco.com forward slash community 101. Again, that's tableandwellco.com forward slash community 101.